Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Akash from zenonco.io and Love Hills Cancer and welcome to this session. We are proud and humbled at the same time to have a veteran such as yourself on board as part of Breast Cancer Initiative. We look forward to all of the insights you have to share about breast cancer. So let me take this opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience. Dr. Anthony Pius is a senior consultant in oncoplastic breast surgery and the co-founder and clinical director of Cytocare Cancer Hospitals. He has over 28 years of experience in surgical oncology and is one of the few breast surgeons specializing in breast radiology, reading mammograms, and early diagnosis of breast cancer. He has trained and practiced extensively in surgical oncology across several reputed institutes, including Mazumdar Shaw Cancer Center, Narayana Hridayalaya Multi-Specialty Hospital, Tata Memorial Hospital, Mumbai, and Kidwai Memorial Institute of Oncology, Bangalore. For his eminent work in this field, he was awarded the Best Oncoplastic Breast Surgeon Award at the Times Healthcare Achievers Awards. He is also a recipient of Dr. Satyanarayana Shetty Memorial Gold Medal for his work in breast cancer and the prestigious Dr. Mahadevan's Award by the Association of Surgeons of India. A person with such an immense amount of knowledge and experience is here with us today and we are very excited to be doing this. Thank you for being with us today. Over to you, Doctor. This disease, as most of us know, is the most common cancer among women in urban areas and the second most common cancer among women in the country. We see on an average about 2 lakh new cases per year. And sad to say, we have 90,000 deaths every year. This is from the Journal of Clinical Oncology, Global Oncology, Volume 6, NCRP report in October 2020. And we also have statistics to show that our yearly increase is approximately 2% per year. 14% of Indian cancers are breast cancers. It's sad to know that 57% of our breast cancer cases are locally advanced at presentation. 15 to 20% of them are in an advanced breast cancer. Only a few patients come with early breast cancer to the clinic. It is our intention today to increase this number of early breast cancers. We have various types of breast cancers. We have non-invasive cancers. We have invasive cancers. We have an inflammatory breast cancer. We have a cancer that can arise from connective tissue in the breast called phylloidous tumor. And we have another cancer called Paget's disease, which mimics an eczema around the nipple. Again, this cancer is further classified into four different types based on their prognostic features. We have luminal A, luminal B, HER2 positive, triple negative breast cancers, or basal-like tumors, and normal-like. Yes, sorry. That's about breast cancer in a nutshell. I will now talk to you about various practices to prevent breast cancer. 
there are certain practices which are under our control and certain practices which are not under our control. So the factors that are under our control are exercise. I spoke about exercise because this is the most important factor according to me to bring down the incidence of breast cancer and recurrence. 30 minutes of brisk walking every day is a silver bullet for good health. It reduces the risk of cancer in general by around 20%. But it's shocking to know and happy to tell you that the local recurrence rates can be brought down by 55% by exercise alone after the treatment of breast cancer. There was a lovely article by Ricky Kenyoto from Rosal Park published this year. The next is your weight. Increased weight in patients increases the number of post-menopausal cancers. Obesity or loss of weight, obesity by itself increases this risk. If you control your weight, you can reduce the chance or the risk by 15%. And by controlling weight, what you reduce is the actual aggressive type of cancer, which is very, very good for you. 30 grams of fiber per day is a recommended dose of fiber for you to lose weight also. The next important factor is your diet. The Mediterranean diet is the most ideal diet with a lot of fish, olive oil, and any colored vegetable. Alcohol, yes. If you don't drink, it is fine. You don't have to start. If you drink in moderation, you don't have to stop. And if you drink in excess, yes, you have to stop it to a glass or two per day. The next is smoking. Smoking by itself can cause 15 different types of cancers in the body. But here I would like to mention that smoking causing bad breath, staining of your teeth and wrinkles is by itself enough a motivation to stop, I suppose. Now let's talk about breastfeeding. This certainly lowers the risk. There is a big study by Shapiro involving 60,000 women. It was a large prospective epidemiological study mentioned in a lovely article published by Dr. Prasad, who is my colleague at the Sidecare Cancer Hospital, and Dr. Bharat, who is in Coimbatore today. And where they said that controversies do exist with breastfeeding. But today, it's still, if you see, majority of articles support breastfeeding 
But what is important or the carrier message in breastfeeding is it reduces the number of aggressive cancers. This has been published by Fabiola in European Journal of Cancer Prevention in 2019. We now go to birth control pills. Birth control pills, yes, it is comparatively safe. The risk is very small. Maybe one out of 7,700 cases of women taking the pill would end up in cancer. But the problem with the birth control pill, pill you must remember, is it increases the amount, number of patients with a stroke and myocardial infarctions. The next is, is HRT safe? Hormone replacement therapy postmenopausal. The most ideal advice to give is take it for the shortest period of time, say three to five years is okay. Now the big question, family history. 10% of all cancers of the breast occur because of a strong family history or a genetic problem or a mutation. Remember the various genes involved in the cause of cancer. We have BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene. In addition to this, we have certain other genes like the TP53 gene, the P10 gene, CHEK2 gene, PALB, uh, ATM, etc. Now, among the two, BRCA1 and 2, BRCA1 is much more serious if you are positive. 1% of the general population do carry these genes. But among women with breast cancer, 10% of them carry a mutation of these genes. All of us have BRCA1 and 2, but only 10% of women develop a mutation. If a, if a male gets or carries this mutation, he has a high chance of getting male breast cancer. So 20% of males with breast cancer carry this gene. In Ashkenazi Jews, it is, they have a very high incidence of this mutation. Triple negative breast cancer is a bad type of a cancer to get. And we have noticed that in India, majority of these, not majority, say 20 to 30% of triple negative breast cancers carry this mutation. Now let's go on to the role of oophorectomy, a method to prevent breast cancer. The benefit, this benefit is mainly for BRCA2 carriers, mutation carriers. The most ideal time to do an oophorectomy is between earlier the better, around the age of 35 to 40. Although Nassim Navidat this year has published a very good article talking about the controversies of oophorectomy, but in general, it still has a massive benefit. Now let's speak about the factors that you are not in control of. Age, above the age of 60. Family history you are not in control of. Minaki, below the age of 12. 
that is your first period starting below the before 12 or menopause after the age of 55 delayed menopause if your first child was born after the age of 30 or no child at all and finally on a mammogram if you see dense breasts or if you diagnose benign breast disease these are factors you are not in control of so the only way to detect early cancer is through timely screening yes sir that's about practices to prevent breast cancer thank you for being with us today and we shall now move on to the q and a session so my first question would be what is breast cancer breast cancer is a change in the cell with the rapid multiplication and uncontrolled multiplication of cells because of various factors that gives rise to a tumor in the breast and this tumor remains in the breast for some time after which it spreads to the lymph nodes and other parts of the body destroying the body in finally it's uncontrolled multiplication of abnormal cells in the breast what are the different types of breast cancer you have invasive breast cancer and we have non invasive breast cancer then so invasive non invasive breast cancer breast cancer usually starts in the ducts that's the tubes or milk secreting tubes in the breast you can start have cancer starting in the tubes that the ducts or in the lobule which is the milk factory so these are called lobular cancers if they start in the lobule or duct cancer if they start in a duct once they remain in the lobule or the duct for some time they penetrate through the basement membrane of this duct or lobule and penetrate into tissues this is the time it is called invasive breast cancer why it is important is once invasion occurs through the duct or the lobule into the surrounding tissue the lymph nodes get quickly involved and from there cancer travels to other parts of the body so then you have the invasive breast cancer you have another type of cancer that arises in the connective tissue in the body called phylloidous tumors and then again you have another cancer called inflammatory cancers which is very aggressive can be associated with pregnancy and which kills fast and also another type of cancer called paget's disease which mimics an eczema around the nipple these are the various types of cancers breast cancers we know of in addition to this they are classified under various luminal a luminal b triple negative or basal like hr2 positive type and the normal like these are further classified based on prognostic on prognosis of breast cancer what are the different treatment methods available to treat breast cancer so treat treat breast cancer the most important treatment in breast cancer is proper surgery in surgery we have various types we have breast conservation 
and mastectomy. So in breast conservation, we mean we save the breast and remove only a part of the breast called lumpectomy. And in tumors which are slightly bigger or the breast size is smaller, we may have to end up doing a mastectomy. But 70% of our patients undergo only breast conservation surgeries. The cancer from the breast spreads to the lymph nodes. So we have to tackle those lymph nodes. And there we call, them, call that operation a lymphadenectomy. If there are no lymph nodes detected on a mammogram, ultrasound and clinical examination, then we do a procedure called sentinel lymph node biopsy where we only remove the offending node or the first node where that tumor spreads to. And if that node is negative, we don't have to touch the other lymph nodes in your armpit. If these nodes are positive, then we have to remove the other nodes in addition. Once you have done a mastectomy, we don't stop there. We immediately reconstruct the breast so that when a patient comes out of the theater, she doesn't feel the loss of her breast. This can be done by various methods, by using your own tissue, by using implants occasionally, not when you're giving radiation, or you use expanders and later an implant after radiation. The another form of Treating cancers of the breast is by chemotherapy, which destroys all cells which are spread to other parts of the body. Radiation therapy is another form of treatment, which is not current. It's a particular type of radiation which goes through your breast and destroys tissue. Now, this is done to prevent further recurrence of breast cancer in your breast. There's still another form of treatment called immunotherapy where based on certain markers like HER2, etc., we can tailor-made treatment for the patient. If you are HER2 positive, we can give a drug called trastuzumab. And like that, there are many other markers and drugs accordingly, found accordingly. Some tumors are also hormone-dependent. So when they are hormone-dependent, we put them on various anti-hormone measures where we control the, the, these hormones so that breast cancer growth is controlled or the spread is controlled. Yes, these are various types of treatment of, which we have for breast cancer. So when is it decided that this person should go in for surgery rather than other forms of treatment? Yes. In early breast cancers, we normally do surgery first. In locally advanced breast cancers, what we do is give chemotherapy first, followed by surgery. And then sir, chemotherapy again and radiation. In advanced breast cancers, the role of surgery is very little. We do it only for the comfort of the patient to prevent or to stop fungation, bleeding, pain, and, and ulceration. Is surgery required even if the tumor is benign? 
most of the benign tumors do not need surgery at all. What is important is a proper biopsy which should be very, very accurate. If the benign tumor is more than about 2.5 to 3 centimeters in size, then for cosmetic reasons, we do operate. Otherwise, they can be left alone. A benign tumor very, very rarely turns into cancer. Most of the cancerous tumors are cancerous tumors from the start. Various types of tumors. One is fibroadenomas. The other benign lesions which can affect the breast are inflammatory conditions in the breast, like granulomatous mastitis, etc., where again the role of surgery is very little. Does breast cancer treatment affect fertility? Uh, surgery does not affect fertility. Radiation given to these patients can affect. So radiation is contraindicated, especially if the lady is thinking of a pregnancy. Chemotherapy, the drugs used for breast cancer very rarely affects chemotherapy, uh, fertility. But what happens is it changes the hormonal status of the breast. So that's the reason why it's difficult for a lady to get pregnant when on chemotherapy or hormone therapy. So usually we advise them to get pregnant two years after chemotherapy or hormone therapy, after stopping them. So that's the reason why we also think of having ovum preservation before starting chemotherapy. So that would help these ladies a lot. Also, could you list some key points to keep in mind when fighting breast cancer during pregnancy? During pregnancy, it all depends upon which trimester you are in. The safest period to do surgery is in the second trimester. If you are closer towards your delivery, we can always postpone treatment. In the first, radiation should never be given during pregnancy. Chemotherapy can be given in the second and third trimester. But what we do, in general, we start off with chemotherapy, postpone surgery to, to a suitable time period during the second trimester. Or if patients come and the tumor can be postponed, the surgery can be postponed after delivery, we do it accordingly. What are the chances of recurrence of breast cancer? In general, the chances of recurrence internationally is approximately 1-2% to 2 per year after the treatment is over. Approximately 1% per year, yes. There is a chance of local recurrence. So, uh... Is there any link between hormone replacement therapy and breast cancer? There have been a lot of speculation. Uh, I told you there's no big uh, there's no big danger in hormone replacement therapy. You can take it, and if you really want to take it, you must take it for the shortest period of time, three to five years ideally. Don't exceed this period. Could you also list some tips on healthy lifestyle habits that one should follow during and post-treatment? Healthy lifestyle, I told you, 
Exercise is very important. Here again, I must tell you the various effects of exercise, which very few people know about. <clears throat> exercise, by itself, not that you are going to improve your muscles, etc., or your stamina, lung capacity, etc. But what exercise actually does is it increases or decreases your blood sugar levels first. It decreases the level of insulin growth factor. So what happens is it influences, it. These, this growth factor influences the breast cells in their behavior and growth. It reduces the fat cells, so we have low estrogen levels. It also reduces inflammatory markers like C-reactive protein, interleukin C, uh, interleukin 6, TNF alpha, that's tumor necrosis factor alpha. So these are inflammatory markers which are reduced. It improves your immune function by increasing the level of T helper cells. It reduces the markers of insulin resistance. So reduces insulin, glycosylated, hemoglobin, C-peptide, etc. It reduces the sex hormones, especially and increases the sex hormone binding globulin. It reduces metabolic hormones like leptin, adiponectin, etc. So ex exercise by itself increases the oxidative capacity, so less loss of antioxidants. Resistance exercises improve your muscle mass and increases the metabolic rate. So the various effects of exercise. If you really keep doing exercise for 30 minutes of the day, six days a week, brisk walking, it reduces the risk of cancer by about 20 to 30 percent and reduces the risk of recurrence of breast cancer by about 56 percent. Second important thing is reducing your weight. Third, your diet, as I told you, Mediterranean diet is very healthy. Alcohol to about a peg a day. Avoid smoking. Breastfeeding help, does help for a minimum period of six months to one year. Birth control pills, a small effect, but better avoided. HRT we spoke about. And the role of oophorectomy, if you have a strong family history, Think about this small little surgery which can reduce your risk to a great extent. Another important thing is to do proper examinations and mammograms regularly. I advise every patient of mine to have minimum of 30 minutes of exercise even during chemotherapy because this, it has been proved beyond doubt that it reduces the local recurrence rates by about 56%, which is much more than the actual effect of chemotherapy, if you ask me. There are certain myths on breast cancer, such as tight brassier causes cancer, etc. What are some of these myths that you have come across in the past and any responses you have for the same? Many patients ask me these questions. Let me clarify these doubts. First, let me talk to you about the bra. The theory behind the bra was 
that because of the pressure of the bra on the breast, it compresses the lymphatic system. And with the result, toxins remain within the breast and get accumulated or trapped. And this could cancer, cause cancer over a period of time. But clearly, if you look at the American Cancer Society report in 2012, clearly says there is no epidemiolog epidemiological study published in scientific journals to suggest that the brass cause cancer of the breast. The second is deodorants and antiperspirants. This is another common myth. It was all because of one article which was published by McGrath in the European Journal of Cancer in 2003 that has given rise to all these uh, doubts on the use of deodorants and antiperspirants. Now the reason they had to suspect cancer was because antiperspirants contain aluminium, aluminium oxide and aluminium hydroxide. So they say once the sweat gland pore is blocked, this aluminium can go inside the duct, remain there for some time and produce cancer. Aluminium has got a look like estrogen. So they thought that it be estrogen-like effect on the breast, which is carcinogen. The same thing with deodorants. Deodorants previously used to contain parabens. These parabens, they thought, was absorbed through the ducts and produced cancer. Parabens again act like, look like estrogen, so they thought that it would also act like estrogen. Subsequent studies show that there's no association between deodorants and antiperspirants and, and breast cancer. It's absolutely safe to use it. Breast cancer is prevalent in men too. Do you have any insights into the treatment required and what should men do to prevent it? 2% of all cancers, breast cancers, occur in men. Most, or say 20, uh, they have found a mutation of the BRCA1 and 2 gene in about 20 to 30% of all male breast cancers. But still, in general, it has nothing to do with the mutation. They, they also get breast cancers because estrogen is also produced among males. But there's a difference. The clinical presentation is a little different because there's less fat. It quickly gets the muscle and the chest wall involved. And so from stage one, it quickly goes through stage two and three. But stage for stage, the treatment is the same and the prognosis is the same compared to man or woman. But most often, males come with locally advanced breast cancers because of quick involvement of the lymph nodes, the muscles, and the chest wall, and the skin. 
there's no real big stigma, but the stigma comes only after you suggest treatment. And when you tell them that a mastectomy has to done, be done on them. But till then, they, they come boldly, they show you the lump. But when you only talk about a mastectomy being the treatment for, for breast cancer in males, they get a little perturbed. And about the future of breast cancer surgeries, are there any new experiments or technologies coming up? Newer techniques in surgery? Yes, we have a lot development in the field of nuclear medicine. We do radioimmunoguided surgeries. We do sentinel node biopsies. Even in the field of surgery, to preserve the breast, we, we can even preserve the nipple areolar complex today. We do nipple areolar sparing mastectomies, skin sparing mastectomies. Then for reconstructions, we have various techniques. Earlier, we used to use implants. Now we know that implants cause problems during radiation therapy. So we use autologous tissue. Autologous tissue, earlier, we used to use muscles like the latissimus dorsi or the tram, uh, transverse rectus abdominis muscle. But today, we don't use any muscle. We take your own fat from your tummy with blood vessels and replace the breast with this autologous tissue. So you have two advantages. One is a tummy tuck-in and at the same time, the breast completely reconstructed. We have scarless surgeries of the breast, which we do mainly for benign conditions. So with, for benign tumors, which are up to three centimeters, we take it out with a two millimeter or a three millimeter incision done at our center. It has not yet been recommended for malignant lesions, except for the diagnosis. What is digital breast tomosynthesis? And what are its advantages over mammography? Yeah, this is called digital breast tomosynthesis. Now, this is a newer technique in mammography. If you see mammography, the evolution of mammography, Originally, it was called the analog mammogram, which was like your old cameras. Then came the digital mammograms, which came in like your digital cameras. The advantages and disadvantages are more or less the same, like your old cameras and the newer cameras. Older cameras, you have to have a film. You cannot enlarge. You cannot reduce. You cannot see it accurately. Uh, you cannot transport it to some other system. You cannot store it. So, but the digital cameras have all these modifications. 95% of hospitals, modern hospitals today, have a digital mammogram. But very few among them have tomosynthesis. Ours was the first center in, in the state having tomosynthesis. Now, tomosynthesis is nothing but a specialized mammogram where normally instead of taking two or three films. Here, we take about 15 films in a period of about a minute or two. The most important advantage of tomosynthesis is causes 50% less pain for the lady undergoing a mammogram and 30% more accurate. The biggest advantage of tomosynthesis is when you have dense press. And in India, Majority of our young ladies have dense breasts. So tomosynthesis is a very important, accurate method of diagnosing a very early cancer among Indian women.
on national cancer awareness day do share your thoughts on cancer prevention and nutrition uh this is i think very very important according to me what we should be doing is we should have a chapter on breast cancer prevention and nutrition in all the science textbooks during your schooling and have at the end an essay question to be repeated as often as possible for most of the exams repeat the same question so that every student passing out from every school in the country would know everything about prevention and nutrition instead of studying only parts of the hibiscus flower the second important point is to make we do ultrasound of the abdomen and pelvis routinely for a health check general health check done in most hospitals i think we should also include an ultrasound of the breast when they do an ultrasound of the abdomen and pelvis to detect an early cancer if you have a strong family history then you should also do a mammogram third we should inform the medical council of india that they should increase the number of seats for radiology and have a sub speciality to be an expert to read a mammogram what we need an ex- is an this country drastically is a, an expert to radiologist to read a mammogram the next method which doctors could follow is when we meet the children of parents or in general children advise them to force their mothers to have a mammogram the day they pass their 10th standard examination children i notice can very easily influence their mothers to go for a regular mammogram another important point which i wanted to bring up today is whom should you go to if you really think that you got a breast lump or you want to rule out a cancer in general patients go to a general hospital or go to a gynecologist i am not saying that a general hospital is bad or a gynecologist has very little knowledge of breast cancer but in general i have noticed in my own practice that many gynecologists do miss early lumps many general hospitals have these master health checks and they also miss out an early breast cancer because they never go all out to try to detect a cancer so it's much better to select a breast surgeon who deals or a breast cancer specialist who deals only with this organ go to him even if it's in in a different city and have your breast examined and investigations done through him or her and finally i should say after the diagnosis have rapid treatment don't delay once a diagnosis is made 